1: Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you will enjoy from my friend and colleague, Michael Medved.
0: There's a very old saying you can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, it's one of those old saws that sometimes is true. And uh, I. I I got a new book that was sent to me and a number of friends said, oh, you really have to take a look at this. This is really great. And I looked at the cover and I said, I don't want to do this uh, because the cover shows a statue of Robert E. Lee and then it's erasing America, losing our future by destroying our past. And I just thought I'm kind of done talking about the Confederate statues. But then you pick this book up and it's so much more than that. And it's important, and it's optimistic, and it's patriotic, and it's a pleasure to welcome the author, Dr. James S. Robbins. He's a senior fellow for national security affairs at the American Foreign Policy Council, and he is uh, also taught at a number of our top defense universities. Uh, Dr. Robbins, thanks for writing the book, and thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Um, okay, let's make clear to people at the very outset that even though you touch on some of the controversy involving Confederate monuments, this is not a defense of the Confederacy. This is not uh, some some kind of revision revisionist history of the Civil War. This is really a book about whether all Americans uh, in every region of the country— should feel guilty and apologetic about our country. And you don't think that's a good idea?
1: Oh, no, I think that's a bad idea. And, you know, since we're making it clear, I'm a Yankee from Ohio, so it's, you know, not (laughs) like I I was uh, trying to defend the Confederacy. But the Confederate statues issue is really the entry point to this thing, since it's uh, one of the most visible issues. But it's not just about that. It's about the attacks on the founding fathers, the attacks on uh, presidents like uh, Andrew Jackson or Abe Lincoln. It's uh, the attack on the Constitution, on the flag, on the national anthem. It's all those things.
0: In fact, there are virtually no uh, figures who might be described as, you'll pardon the expression, white males uh, in American history who are exempt from attack? Can you think of any? I mean, if if you're not some kind of a persecuted minority in American history, you are going to be attacked for something. I, they they are trying to get rid of the statue of Theodore Roosevelt, who was uh, in so many ways progressive. They're trying to get rid of Theodore Roosevelt in front of the New York Museum of Natural History, which, by the way, his father founded. Uh, so, what's the deal? what What is the basis for trying to get rid of Roosevelt?
1: Oh well, the statue in question shows him on a horse, and on one side is a Native American, on the other side is an African tribesman. So, it was uh, representative of colonialism and the genocide of Native Americans. So,
0: uh huh. Uh-huh. So, um, and again, is there is there someone else from our history, mainstream American hero, who is exempt from these attacks? One of the things that I, I was reminded of in in your book, the book is called Erasing America. It's posted up at our website at michaelmedved.com, is just the range and the depth of stupidity here. Uh, for instance, the idea that to kill a mockingbird has to be stricken from schools when it has a whole message against segregation and racism. What's the problem with To Kill a Mockingbird?
1: Well, yes, because of the language in it. And I found that to be particularly ironic since I'm sure when we were growing up, To Kill a Mockingbird was part of the civil rights canon. I mean, it was something that was written to show what the problem was. So now they say, well, you can't you can't use the language that's into Killing Mockingbird, you know, because it's offensive. But the point of it is to point that out. So, I mean, this is kind of ridiculous.
0: Okay, Uh, one thing I want to make clear here is that I do believe and I've said this on the air and people listen to the show know it, uh, that I think there are cases where. Uh, there are figures in our history where it, it is problematic to continue to honor them. And by the way, this applies in other countries all the time. Uh, there is a a, uh, a statue in downtown Kiev of a figure called Bohdan Helmitsky who massacred the same percentage of Jews who were alive at, at the time he was alive that Hitler did years later. Ben, but that's a Ukrainian business. That's really not my concern. But I, I do think it would be appropriate for Ukrainians to say, well, maybe not at the center of town. And and I think about John C. Calhoun. I, I went to Yale, and I, I'm very familiar with Calhoun College. But given the fact that John C. Calhoun was not only a slave owner, but he was a very, very enthusiastic uh, promulgator of the idea that slavery was better than free market economics he he suggested that slaves were better treated than workers in the north and uh, basically that that the southern system of slavery was the ideal system of labor that had ever been adopted can, can you can you allow that it's it's not out of bounds for people to question? naming one of Yale's 12 residential colleges after John C. Calhoun?
1: Oh, no, it's not out of bounds. In fact, Yale uh, undertook a very methodical uh, survey of this question. They had a panel that came up with the principal legacy standard, which I think is a very good standard, where you look at a figure in history and say, what did they do that has had an enduring uh impact on the society or what is their most important thing that they did that we still uh, are affected by today and with Calhoun they concluded that well there's really nothing in his <laughs> principal legacy uh, even though John Kennedy said he was one of the five greatest senators in American history and put him in profiles and courage but that aside they say okay it's you know there's not enough there to overcome all of the negatives of his legacy so we'll rename the school I think that's a very valid way to approach this, certainly more valid than saying, you know, we're just going to tear down statues willy-nilly based on a single factor.
0: I'm speaking with uh, Dr. James S. Robbins. He is the author of Erasing America. It's posted up at our website. It's a terrific new book. A lot of folks are talking about us being on the verge of a second civil war. You make the case at the end of your book (laughs) that— <laughs> That's a bad idea. Uh, why?
1: Well, yes, very bad idea. Um, the first civil war, the only one so far, uh, was the largest war of the 19th century. <clears throat> uh, there were more people killed in that than all our other wars combined. And it, I mean, this is simply devastating. And I can see that in a new war, particularly given the number of guns in this country and just the laydown of it, which I, I try to do a strategic laydown, Uh, You just have mass chaos. It it would be extremely destructive. Many people would die if our social infrastructure collapsed or physical infrastructure collapsed. I mean, just imagine what would happen in the cities uh, and then flooding into the countryside. Plus, there's the possibility that a foreign power could intervene, perhaps with nuclear weapons. I mean, just when you think about it, this is a very, very bad idea.
0: Uh, it, it is. And, and again, I think you one of the points you make is that none of the issues that we're confronting right now, other than love of America itself, is it would rise to the importance that, that people would actually be battling over them. What is it that people get most wrong about the United States that undermines their proper gratitude for this great country?
1: I, you know, I think that people, they just have lost that sense of gratitude. They've been so focused on sort of negative revisionist aspects of our history, they lose sight of all of the wonderful things, all of the great things. This is why in the book I I suggest that people look at their own family histories, how people came here, what they did when they got here. You know, the land of opportunity, the American dream, whether they came, you know, in one generation or 400 years ago, or, you know, even Native Americans, even people whose, whose ancestors were brought over as slaves. But to look at all of the great things this country has done for people, and of course it's not perfect, of course there are very bad things in our history, but lately all we have talked about are the bad things.
0: And that's not a good way to sustain uh, an individual's career or a marriage or a nation. The book is called Erasing America, Losing Our Future by Destroying Our Past. Dr. Robbins, thank you for making uh, the time for us and for writing a book that makes a very real contribution to inspiring citizens of this greatest nation on God's green earth. Thanks for listening to the Town
1: Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today.